Welcome to Wicked Wednesdays. This is episode 37. Yep, 37. Uh, I'm Shelly, and as usual, here's Alan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, okay, so it's the month of October. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're sorry we're coming in a little late. We've had a, a pretty hectic week. Um, yeah. A lot of stuff's been going on, so thank you guys for you know, dealing with us, as usual, being late. Um... We had talked about the month of October. We wanted to cover spooky stuff. Yeah. And one of Alan's biggest pet peeves is that he always sees these, like... Well, actually, there's only really one. Um, The episode of Ghost Adventures when they went to Sloss Furnace. And they said that they got in touch with the spirit of Slag. um, Which we'll get into that later. But anyway, well, the, the legend of Slag. Well, just we'll get into that okay. after we do anything else, because I don't want to ruin it. But um, anyway, I don't, y'all may have heard us talk about Sauce Furnace, well, Horacopia, and other stuff. But anyway, basically, and we're just we're not doing them. You don't have any crazy news or anything like that, do you? Because uh, I didn't look any up. Some woman in, I feel like I want to say it was here called the cops to test her meth to make sure the guy had given her real meth. I don't think that happened here. It happened somewhere. A woman looks like a fucking hobgoblin. Well, I know there was an Alabama guy who got arrested in Kentucky because he had a clown mask and knives and was like trying to like attack people in the middle of the street. But that's the only thing I could find. So it was an Alabamian in Kentucky. Yes. What's anyway. Kentucky? So. Is that KY... That Kentucky jelly sucks on toast. Shut up. Anyway, so basically we're just going to go ahead and hop into this because there's a lot really to cover when it comes to Sauce Furnace. Um, I'm going to cover the history and then Alan's going to talk about, you know, um, where he worked there. So anyway, uh, Sauce Furnace is in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, it's in downtown Birmingham. Um, well, it's over by like 31st, 30, 35th yeah, Street and all that. Yeah, the interstate. Yeah. Um, it's in the warehouse, well, it's not what we'll call warehouse district. It's in where like the bunch of, where all the steel, the, the steel uh, refineries and all that stuff are. Mm-hmm. It was the first um, pig iron producing blast furnace like here. Um, and it's the reason why Birmingham grew up so fast and where we got the name the Magic City from because basically we went from being this little podunk town to, you know, producing 90% of iron Mm -hmm. in the country. We used to be called the Pittsburgh of the South. Yeah, and, um, that's why we have the statue of Vulcan on top of Red Mountain, you know, the god of, um... The Forge. Yeah. So, anyway, um, it ran from uh, 1882 until 1971. It was first owned by um, Colonel James Withers Sloss. 
and he had it for um a long time and I'm trying to think um in 1886 is when he retired and he sold the company to the Slaw Sheffield Steel and Iron Company. Now, here's the thing. When Slaw's actually owned it, um, he employed mainly the people here. Um, you know, that was, it was a huge thing. It brought in tons of jobs. It was, you know, awesome, you know, thing to have here. Um, when he sold it to the Slaw Sheffield, you know, steel company, what they did was they utilized what they called um, convict laborers, which were mostly um, African American men who were picked up by the police for quote unquote vagrancy, and then forced to work um, for nothing. And it was basically slave labor. Because at the time, there was a clause that you could... It's called, um... Uh, peonage? Or so, I can't... It's weird. It's, it's a weird word. Anyway, basically, it was saying that jails could basically rent out their, you know, um... Convicts to companies. And so, they had... So, they brought them and they, they moved them on site where, where they had all these um like little tiny you know shotgun houses yeah. and they would force them to work day and night you know it was, it was awful um then let's see uh they let's see okay they built new blowers in 1902 uh, they had new boilers in 1906 and 1914, and then they were completely rebuilt in 1927 and 1929. These are important dates when we get to the the, the ghost stories because this is where shit gets muddled. Um, um, James Picking Dovel was the superintendent of construction, and over the 21 years that he was there, Sloss won like tons of awards and shit for innovation and, you know, um, there was a lot of designs that he came up with that still used today. Um, there were 17 patents that were created to him. Um, there was, um, let's see. It's just, uh, they became the second largest seller of pig iron in the district and among the largest in the world. Um, it says, during this period, the company built 48 small cottages for black workers near the downtown furnace, a community that became known as Sloss Quarters or just the Quarters. That turned into, once Sloss was shut down in 1971, um, that's where they started building the projects and stuff. That we have here. Um, in 1952, U.S. Pipe and Foundry bought Sloss. Now, we still have U.S. Pipe here. That's where, like, where we live at right now, in Hueytown. There was a place called Pipe Shop, which literally is what, not even a mile, maybe, no. maybe, maybe a mile and a half. Yeah. 
down the road from us where the where U.S. Pipe is, is situated now. Um, when the night, let's see, um, they sold Sloss in 1969 to Jim Walter. Jim Walter has been like a bane on the Alabama community because they bought a lot of mines that they turned around and shut down. They bought a lot of um, steel refineries that they shut down. There was a lot of shit that they fucked up. It the, when the steel industry went bust, it was it had a lot to do with them. But um, in the 50s and 60s, there was a huge air pollution issue. And the government was pushing all of the refineries that were kind of outdated to shut down. And so they didn't want to deal with having to refixture everything. And there were other mines that were popping up. Um, that had like limestone and stuff that were up across the country. And so we weren't the only ones making this anymore. And so um, Sloss kind of became, you know, obsolete. And so instead of, you know, Jim Walter selling it to somebody else who would fix whatever, they just donated it to the county. Well, it set, um, it set just abandoned for... I'd say 10 to 15 years and then the city decided they wanted to tear it down and they were going to build like cheap ghetto housing and the preservation society like got really upset because Sloss was super important to the history of Birmingham to, just talking about how important it was to the industry in the Birmingham yeah uh, people that were alive then said you know when they poured the steel you knew it because it would light up the neighborhood if you were on the interstate you could tell because it just lit up everything that's how much they were pouring yeah but I mean like you know um but anyway so but this is Sloss is what created Birmingham and so to just trash it and tear it down I mean you know they were keeping Arlington you know plantation up why couldn't they take and go in here and clean up Sloss yeah and so there was a petition passed around. There was, you know, a lot of, you know, um, uh, I think somebody got sued trying to take and keep it open. Anyway, finally, the preservation board won, and they came in, and they roped off most of the stuff that was falling apart. They tore up all the, the you know, the, the weeds and all that. They put down new paved stones. Um, they sandblasted all the rust off of everything. And they repainted stuff. They planted trees and bushes and kind of opened it up as a visitor center. And it became like a... People who... because And the thing is, even though they sandblasted stuff, they still were able to keep it looking like rusted yeah. and like old. And so, like, people would come there to have pictures made. And people would come there... They, they did several, like, low-budget films... Like call it like the 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 um, the film school stuff and everything they did. They were they filmed a lot of like slasher shit there. Um, post apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, post apocalyptic yeah. stuff. Um, but it was basically like a visitor center, and like a lot of schools would take the kids there because it was part of Alabama history. And um, <laughs> so in the early two thousands, um, the. The, the foot traffic was not well and they needed to make some money and 
Sloss has always had the rumors. Um, from the time that it opened, um, probably starting in like the early, you know, 1900s, you know, what, 190, I guess like, you know, I guess around 1906 when they start, when they redid the first, you know, blast furnace and stuff, <coughs> um, there were rumors and, you know, and a lot of people died there. A lot of people mm. died. And so in order to take and make money, they, um, went into business with an independent company, um, to do a home there. And at the time, Birmingham had kind of dried up on, like, their haunted houses and stuff. We had JC's, but, like, it was really kind of, like, that house that they were doing JC's in was kind of falling apart. And nobody was really going. And, you know, this was before we had Warehouse 31 and all that. Yeah, and so, rocks. yeah, this was before all of that. And, um, Sloss Fright Furnaces opened. And, uh, Alan, what year did you start working there? 2003 till 2006, and I came back in 2011. And now, I'm, before we get into Fright Furnaces, Sauce was a venue where they would have a lot of bands come and play, especially ones that they didn't think was going to get like a large crowd. Because you, we had Oak Mountain Amphitheater, which is now the Verizon um, uh, Amphitheater. But it used to be the Oak Mountain Amphitheater. And that was where, like, I went and saw White Zombie and Pantera and all that. Yeah. And then that same summer, Rage Against the Machine came. And that was 1994 or 95. Anyway, um, <clears throat> it was one of their last tours where they broke up. And, uh, anyway, so, I had, like... I had been going to concerts, but I hadn't, like, I had only been to, like, two really big ones by this point, and most of them I went to at the music hall, which, which the music hall was, like, had really small, yeah. um, concerts and shit, and so, um, everybody had heard that Sloss was, was haunted and whatever, but really and truly, like, to actually find somebody who had seen something... Or, like, something tangible that you could take and actually, you know, like, believe or whatever. Um, it was, it was, you know, whatever. Well, I had a friend of mine who, or my sister's best <coughs> friend used to take me to a bunch of concerts. And I would have my, I have another buddy of mine go along with me. And he was, um, this is... When we all first started experimenting with drugs and shit. And, like, when we went to uh, White Zombie and Pantera, um, was the first time he had ever dropped acid. And so, when we went to Rage, like, he got, like, fucked up in the mosh pit at um, White Zombie Pantera. And so, we had told him, stay with us, you know, um, and, you know, nothing harder than pot at this concert. Because... You know, we knew it was Rage Against the Machine, mm -hmm. and it was even worse than what we thought it was going to be. The entire, they had, they sold too many tickets, and so, from the stage, like, they didn't even have the metal barricades up around yeah. the stage. Um, they were having to stand on the stage with, um, water, with, uh, fire hoses and spray the crowd, because it was, everybody was packed in there like sardines. They had to stop the concert early. 
because it was getting to be where it was like a hazard like the the whole crowd was it was just one big mosh pit and um we lost him in the crowd and because at the time our um we were pushed back up against the um the audio engineering thing and the guy moved that gate and let us come back behind there with them so that way you know we wouldn't get crushed and uh so we lost him and all that well um he ended up running it because lost it and like, like you didn't i don't think at the time they sold alcohol yeah um i mean like there was like later on they would have vendors that could sell alcohol but at that point i don't think they had been cleared yet to sell it <coughs> and um <coughs> so anyway tracy or my friend he had wandered off and um we didn't know where to, we didn't know where he was at and we were sitting on the back of my friend's car on my sister's friend's car waiting on him and we saw him coming across this field and he stopped and was like talking to the air and we were like shit he's done got a hold of acid again you know shit man and um so we were getting up to go get him and he came walking over and he's like hey did you see that guy that you know walked up here with me and we were like what are you talking about and um he swore up and down that there was this older dude that had on like overalls that showed him how to get back to the parking area because he had gotten lost when the crowd dispersed like he went you know how like instead of going back towards the parking lot he went the other way like going yeah. into sauce and he got turned around and got like in the middle of the park and didn't know where he was at and he saw this guy and he asked him hey man how do i get back to the to the parking you know to the parking area and he's like oh he's like well, yeah, i'll show you and he said he talked to him walked all you know and then he turned around to talk to him and tell him thanks because he saw us sitting on the car and he was gone and of course all we saw him was talking to the air you know, nobody was with him. We saw him walk up. Nobody came with him. And, um, so, we were like, dude, you're fucking crazy. But see, like, at that point in time, I was so young. I had never heard about sloths being haunted. None of us, like, that wasn't, like, a big thing back then. You know, mm -hmm. the stories, like, older people knew about it. Yeah. And, like, my mom had her stuff because, I mean, like, she was older and all that. But, like... That was, and sauce wasn't a big thing when we were coming up. Yeah. I mean, literally, it was just a venue. It was an old rickety-ass venue that nobody, like, I was so surprised when I talked about how it was one of the most haunted places, you know, in the country. Mm -hmm. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then, of course, that happened. And But, you know, even then, I just thought he was nuts. Yeah. And so, anyway, when they opened up Sauce Fright Furnaces... They had a little story that they wanted to tell, and I'll let you go through Okay. So, this story of James Wormwood, a.k.a. Slag, which Slag is another name for the trash that comes off the steel and the iron when you melt it, became the foreman of Sloss, and he was a cruel man. He worked his people. I mean, the, the conditions were shitty anyway, but Slag made them like ten times shittier, worked people to death. Mm-hmm was just a cruel, cruel man, and he used to observe his workers from the top of one of the furnaces. 
Well, see, the story that they tell is that he never actually went up to the furnaces. Okay. That's why they supposedly think he was pushed. I'm using but, air quotes. But the story is, you know, he fell into Big Alice. That was the name of the furnace. Yeah. And died, and now he haunts it. Well, James Wormwood, and it does not exist. There never. never was a slag. There was a Forb in there who did die. I believe his name was Theodore. No. Okay. Where Sauce is, yeah. there was another refinery that was uh, not across town, but, like, on the other side of town. Like, you know, on the other <coughs> side of Birmingham. Because really and truly, like, maybe, like, three or four streets apart, to be yeah. honest. In 1906, when... Or maybe... It might have been 1927. When they redid the furnaces, Big Alice was built using scrap. Or using a furnace from another... Um, another refinery. And... There was a foreman at this other um, refinery that had fallen in. The only problem was with their story is the fact that this guy was extremely beloved. Yeah, he was a nice guy. He was fair to everybody. He didn't believe in forced labor. Labor. Um, if you needed to go be with your family, you could go be with your family. He did. I mean, like he. Um, was at that at that time saying that this man wasn't racist is like saying he was a fucking saint. Yeah, I mean you know he was like super cool, and everybody loved him. His name was like Theodore Jowers. Yeah, Jowers or something like that. Um, he's a real person. He actually existed and he actually died, but he did not die at Sloss. The furnace that he died in though is at Sloss now, and and that's. Yeah. The, but slag, the story of Slag became so ingrained in the mythos of Sloss that ghost adventures went and they claimed to hear from him. And sometimes on these other ghost hunting shows, even if they don't hear from it, they bring up the story of Slag. I've seen several that have done that. What I liked, which I haven't seen the ghost the the, the ghost hunters one, the mm-hmm. you know, taps I. I think I think I remember I remember watching that because remember I think we like bought the episode. But I remember like I think we bought the, I know we bought the Ghost Asylum. Uh, but like Ghost Asylum, I actually bring up mm-hmm. Slag and that because he asks him about it because it's in like if you look up Sloss, yeah, pretty much everything that you find that you look up is going to say that Slag is real because of the fact that if you go onto the Sloss Fright Furnaces website. They write it like it's like it's it's real, like it's a hundred percent real, and it's told, and it even got to the point to where some of the tour guides would sell it with you know, because of the fact that it brought people to Sloths. The true story about Slag, though, is the fact that it was a story that was written by one of the the people who like started the fright furnaces, and they just gave it a name yeah. and made it happen at Sloths. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> But I worked there for about three, four years during the furnace. And I'd been there before. I've seen bands. I've done other things there. I've worked security for other events. I've been there a lot. You know? Yeah. Um, I personally have never experienced anything. And I've been there late at night with only like two other people. 
I mean, you know, I've experienced a lot of yeah. shit. Like, if there's something somewhere and I go there, mm-hmm. I'm usually going to see something. I have been to Pride there, which that lasted for like three days. Yeah. So, I spent three days at Pride there with my with some with several of my friends, and we were there until late at night. Um, of course, I've been to a couple of concerts there, mm-hmm. and um, <clears throat> I think I may have gone there on like a school field trip or something. Yeah. I mean, like, I've, but I've been there. I refuse to go to the haunted house because I don't do haunted houses. Fuck that shit. But anyway, um, you know, I've never, like, except for what happened with, like, you know, with mm-hmm. Tracy and them, yeah. I, I didn't experience that. Like, that's what yeah. he said. And like I said, we didn't see anything. Now, when I saw, they, <coughs> I, I saw Disturbed there. And I remember reading an interview with Dave Draymond. They asked him about venues he's played. And he talked about at Sloss when he was playing there. He knew the history of it. And he said something about looking up in the in where the bands play, it's like a big old it's big ass shed. Yeah, basically and it's like a well no, I wouldn't call it a shed. It was like <coughs> um you know, it looks like a giant carport, with, and it slopes down, mm-hmm. and, it, and it goes like it's like at a steep angle, you know, that slopes down to the stage. But there are catwalks. If you look up, you can see yeah. the thing is, you cannot get to the catwalks. They've rendered it where you can. Yeah, they've taken the stairs down. But uh, Dave Draymond said he was playing, and he was looking out at the crowd. And he looked up, and he saw a guy in coveralls standing up on the catwalk, looking down at him. And he didn't realize at the time you couldn't access catwalk. But he talked to somebody later and they're like, no, nobody should ever be up there. You can't get up there. Looks like they've got the lights, the way they've got the lights rigged up. Yeah. They hook the bulbs to one of those things and they put it up in the yeah. thing. Because the catwalks, um, they were considered too much of a hazard and insurance wouldn't cover them. Yeah. So they took the stairs down. The yeah, stair- but, uh, the staircase. I always thought that was cool that Dave Dreaming said he saw something there. Yeah. Um... But I've had a lot of a lot of friends who've gone through there, and they've had encounters. Uh, I'm gonna post a thing on Facebook asking anybody. I only got one response, so I'll tell that, and then I'll talk about some other people. I don't remember all the names and stuff. But uh, my friend Stitches, when she was eight, was out there, and uh, she was behind the stage in the barn, up at the top of the hill, and she saw an old black man with white hair working in one of the rooms up there. And at the time, she didn't realize the place hadn't poured steel in years. And the room he was working in wasn't operational. She was eight when she saw that. Um, <clears throat> but I've had other friends. The, there's a room that's called the Blowing Engine Room where a guy did die. He uh, was sucked in by one of the wheels. And literally, it was going so fast, so hard, there wasn't anything left of him when they stopped it. I think they found his lunchbox. Something, you know? Yeah. He was sat down to eat lunch, and now, if you go there now, there's, a, like, a wire grate. Yeah. Like, a chicken wire grate that's around it. Back then, there wasn't anything, and he accidentally leaned back, and the force of the of the, the wheel and the wind and everything sucked him in, and there literally was nothing left except for the lunchbox. But people have said, you know, they've heard noises in the blowing engine room they felt the cold spots uh, <clears throat> a lot of people that have, a lot of people I know that have worked there have seen workers 
the way I think is like so crazy is like um people who go there even people who don't have like the full history and who haven't like been given the tour or mm-hmm. whatever there are certain areas where if you're looking like if you're if you're going there and like you know and you spend enough time in those areas shit happens yeah and it's the engine room um there's uh another area that is where um they used when they would uh drop the 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 iron Mm -hmm. when they would take and pour it there's um they had a spill one time and it killed four or five people and burned them up real bad um i want to say that four of them died like instantly and the other one died like shortly thereafter um but like there's certain areas where you can go where you know people have they've i mean they've gotten recordings and all that kind of stuff and like not off a topic of sloths but mm-hmm. i watched a thing I, I watch a lot of youtube and stuff and um one of the things that i watch is this chick called Glamangor. her name's mikey i don't know if any of y'all have ever heard her she does like um fx makeup and stuff she's really cool and one of the things that she did last halloween was she did like fx makeup and all these different haunted places and one of them was the queen mary and so this time they went back because she actually she actually wanted to take and like do an investigation because some weird shit happened to her while she was there and when they were down in the bottom of the ship they found a speaker and the speaker was playing so low that unless you like got right up on it and put your ear to it you couldn't hear it like but if you were if you had a recorder that you know was, you know would pick yeah. up you know it would pick up like some kind of like you know whisperings or whatever you know yeah and she got like you know she was like man you know this is this is why you don't trust places like this is because they have this kind of shit and um but sloths because of the fact of the the safety issues um like where the haunt is is pretty much the only place you're going to find um like cameras recordings lights anything like that because it's so old that um except for like walking through certain areas you can't get into these places unless you have like you you have to sign waivers and all this kind of stuff which is what these ghost hunting shows and like the paranormal investigators they're from alabama they have gone there and investigated that you have to sign these waivers saying you know that you know that this is unsafe and you know that you will not hold them responsible if you get hurt for falling off the ship and so then they'll let you in there but there's no electricity running to any of these places there's no lights there's no way to set up anything like that yeah and that's what i thought was so odd about the fact that they were able to catch a lot of the shit that they were able to catch you know just because of the fact that like you know that there's no power there yeah i mean when they do events so they do have power there it's generators yeah, yeah. 
But uh, I know people who've been down in the tunnels, which they use to move materials and stuff through, that have worked at the hunt, have been down there, <coughs> and they've been, you know, they're they're waiting on the group, and there is they they gap the groups, and you know when one's coming. Yeah. And they've been down there, and they know they're the part of the area they're supposed to be in. Their buddies over there. You know, they know where everything is. And they've been, they felt like they've been touched and they've heard stuff, they've heard voices. Yeah. And I realize this is during the haunt, but still, they know what's supposed to be going on. Yeah. Um, uh, I've known people that have spent a lot of time there and started having nightmares. You know? Yeah. Uh,. They said, I, I don't doubt, if any place is haunted, that place is going to be haunted. But it ain't slag. Well, the thing that got me about the whole Ghost Adventures thing was the fact that, like, for one, the people that they interviewed, I don't know if all of them were shitbirds, but the one dude that's, like, got the long hair and he's talking about, like, slag entered my body. Mm-hmm. That shithead, he's one of the ones that, like, w- the fucked up the haunt because he got shit-faced and, like, destroyed yeah. shit in there. They had spent... He was one of the people working on it. They start working on it about the end of August to have it open at the end of September. Yeah. Because what? Because they don't have a permanent location. And Sloss, even though it brings them money and stuff, there's a lot of people on the preservation board stuff that don't like it being there. Yeah, so every year it's like, it's touch and go. Mm-hmm. I mean, every year when I worked there, we'd always hear this could be our last year, this could be our last year, even though it was turning a profit. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge profit, yeah. but the thing of it is, is, you know, there's also insurances and all this kind of shit, mm-hmm. and shit is, especially in the last few years, shit just constantly happens up there. And, um, you know, there's also been some stuff that's happened to other haunts. Yeah. Like, people getting shot and stuff like that. And Birmingham has gone from being a place where you could have haunted houses and you would feel relatively safe. And Sloss doesn't have, like, parking. You have to park in, under this overpass. And then you have to walk. Mm-hmm. And... Or you have to park in this, like, um, grassy lot that's outside of the actual park um and you have to walk into the park and you know when you're going at night that's not the safest place to fucking be one of the last years i was there i can't remember if it was 2006 or 2011 i think it was in 2006 there was a guy he had figured out because they had security officers they had Birmingham. they had off-duty birmingham cops in uniform and they also had a private security company. I forget the name of that company. But somebody had figured out the frequency for the security company's radio. And was talking about they were going to come and shoot, like, kill people at Sloss. We get on the radio and talk about that. Didn't they shut it down for a few nights because of that, didn't they? Um, Something happened because of that. Because I remember that. I think that was 2011. Okay, but I remember this. And... They also found, uh, you know, they were kind of, you know, is this is, is this real, is this not fake? And then they found uh, 
two, two, three rounds in the parking lot. Like, cut the way the this was before they had a woods trail. Yeah. And out in the woods, and it wasn't just like they somebody had said them just dropped them. You know, mm-hmm. they were standing up. Two, two, three rounds with AR holes. Yeah, I know. Well, I was just saying that. Oh yeah. But uh, they found them sitting, like standing up. And like I said, somebody had figured out the security radio thing. Nothing ever happened. But that was, you know, they tried to keep it on the DL. But, you know, somebody was talking about, like, they were going to start firing from the woods. I want to say that, the, I mean, it got out because I remember it being in the news. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I remember just, you know, everybody watched, you know, the, telling everybody to pay attention and watch your surroundings and stuff. Yeah. But anyway, getting back to this guy. He um he had been working there at Sloss and he had been helping to set up the home that year. He had worked there for years. Yeah, and he they had gotten it like pretty much all the way done. I mean there was still like, you know, kinks and shit they had to work out or not, but like it was put together. It was a few days before opening. They had yeah. to delay opening. Big and he got shit faced and went in there and <laughs> tore everything down. Mm-hmm. Like just destroyed it. And he got banned from not just from the first, not just from you know the home, but from Sloss period. I don't know if he's if they let him back no, he's in. Been back. Oh, he has. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, but I knew some people on that documentary or the Ghost Adventures. I don't know if you'll call it a documentary or whatever. And this is one of the reasons I've watched a lot of it. I'm entertained by it. I totally get why Shelley calls him Scooby Douche, and I take everything he says. And does with a fucking salt shaker, you know? Is <laughs> because I knew people who were on that documentary who later, when they were, went to do their investigation that night, you know, they asked them. They said, "Hey, y'all make some money if y'all go down in the engine rooms and stuff and bang on things and make noises. We'll pay you." Well, if you noticed, he was the only one <laughs> that was there later that night. The, everybody else that was like they had interviewed, I think maybe the girl with the tattoo was there, but I know he was the was I think he was the only one. I'm not, but I'm not a hundred percent. I can't remember. The girl with the tattoo may have been there, but I don't know. But you said you knew her, right? Yeah, I know her. Well. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, so I don't know if she was there, but I know that he was there, and but most of the other people that they had interviewed earlier in the day weren't there for the night investigation. You know, they asked him, "Hey, you, know, you want to come back?" Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I don't think she, that girl would do that to do the banging stuff. And I know one of the reasons she might have been there is because of how she worked for Sloss. Yeah, she's almost like a visitor liaison. Yeah. Um. I mean, she has the like how the, Sloss would look on tattooed on her back. Yeah, she has the skyline of Sloss tattooed across. She got a tramp stamp of it. Yeah. But um. You know, getting to the history of it and whatnot, you know, there were a lot of horrible things that happened there. And one of the ghost stories that they attribute to Slag, but this actually did happen. So, I mean, you can actually go back and you can actually find where this did happen. This wasn't just some shit Mm -hmm. that they made up. The night watchman who worked there um, when the furnace closed in 1971, the last night, the night that you know it was before they cut the power to it, 
Um, he, now, I don't know because he was burned so badly that he died within like a couple of days. So I don't know if he actually gave this description. But supposedly the lore goes that he saw this dark figure with red eyes and it punched him in the chest. And whatever this, whatever happened to him, he had third degree burns all over his chest and his arms and, but there was no fire. There was, and, and, and yeah, I remember the blast furnace, everything, that had been shut off for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, they had, they hadn't, you know, had anything there in probably several years. Yeah. Because once they close one of these places, they spend the next four or five years, you know, breaking it down. Um, because there's certain things you can't just leave. And um, so, before, you know, before they can actually, like, full-on close it, you know, they've got to do all this other stuff. So, there was nothing there that could have burned him. And the burns that were on his body, even the police were like, you know, we don't know what happened. And Birmingham police have been called out slaws for weird stuff. Yeah, they've been called out there because they hear the um, the 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 what you call it horn blow. The mm-hmm. when they were when they were when they were fixing to pour the 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 iron and whatever, they would blast this horn, and it was to let people know to get out of the area in case if that or if that shit hits water, you're gonna have an explosion, and. So before they would pour it, they would they would blare this horn to get everybody like out of the area. So when they poured it, in case there was any condensation, nobody would get hurt. And you know, um, they uh, they like people would hear the the horn blare. People saw um, people walking around yeah. in there. Um, there were lights that people saw like on and there was no power to this place so they thought that people might have been in there with um lanterns or whatnot you know and so they would go out and they would think oh well, it's somebody in here ghost hunting or some stupid shit and they send out four or five police because you're talking about what 55 acres yeah and which i mean they've sold off a good portion of that but at the time i mean this started happening like right after it closed and um they would have to send out all these officers to go out there and to walk the grounds and especially like when they would hear the horn the 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 whistle blow whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. they would actually have cars like on or surrounding it they would come in from all the neighborhoods around it to see if there was anybody would run out because it was happening so frequently, and um, there's a lot of Birmingham cops who have talked about the stuff that they've seen there while they've worked security, or you know, um, when they've gone out there to have to answer these calls and stuff. And crazily enough, because of the area that Sloss is in, that's one of the areas where. Um, there's a there's projects that are over yeah. there and so there's a really high crime rate and bodies get dumped over there all the time and people actually go out there and dump bodies into rail cars um, sometimes the bodies are 
homeless people that have died other times. It, they're murder victims who they're trying to get rid of their bodies because, you know, they'll dump them in the rail cars and, of course, those cars can go way out the country. Yeah, you know. So, <laughs> um, we got a buddy of ours who works at O'Neill Steel, which is right over there in that area, and he's found three bodies now. He used to work there, but yeah, two. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't work there anymore, but um, he he's found. I mean, he was only there for what a year? About a year, yeah. Yeah, he was there for about a year, and he found like three bodies in rail cars, and you know they was they basically before they would dump before they would take and put this you know the steel girders and stuff in there they would have to check the rail cars to see if there was bodies. And when they would pull girders out, they would have to make sure that, you know, there wasn't a body in there. because, mm-hmm. And they would have to do a body check, and that's what they called it. Because they found them that often. And so, a lot of the times the police would have to go to Slaws, especially in that 10 to 15 year period where it was shut down. And, like, it was just sitting abandoned. Um, you had people who were ODing out there. Yeah. You had transient people. Um... There was a guy who used to come up to D's all the time. My um, my family um, owns a package store, and um, we used to hang out there all the time. And he died later on, but they talked about how that like they all used to live in the woods out behind mm-hmm. Sloss. Because there was still the housing and stuff that yeah. was there. And so when they shut it down, that was a free place to live. And that they would get raided about once a week. Mm-hmm. And they would go in there and usually they'd find somebody dead. And there was prostitution was run out of there. Um, like I said, you had people die. Um, but this one guy, when he died, he actually died in the woods behind Sloss. Two other homeless guys beat him to death over some, uh, I think it was Wild Irish Rose and $20. And he died in the woods behind Sloss. And um, that was probably in maybe 2001, 2002. One of the years I worked there, I remember they, you know, it was opening, it was opening week. And there had always been, like, when the haunt goes on, there's always at least one person there 24-7 yeah. for security. The rest of the year, I don't think there's anybody there at night. No, they have a security guard, but it's he's like a, you know, what's his name? Paul Bart. Paul Bart, yeah. But uh, I know during the haunt, they had stepped up every yeah. year just because of the equipment and stuff out there. But, uh... The night before we opened, or opening night that afternoon, they found a guy living in the furnace. He wasn't dead. They, Yeah, I mean, that's the yeah. thing is the fact that, like, I mean, that place is so big that without having, like, a huge security force, mm-hmm. you know, people, you somebody could go unnoticed. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is that's why, like, when they're going to take and do, like, a home, or when Mm -hmm. they're going to do a paranormal investigation, um, 
I had a friend of mine who worked with one of the, um, like, I was, I was like, Birmingham Paranormal, whatever, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, they were a small little group, basically walked around with, you know, the little cheap-ass EMF detectors and a, and a, you know, a recorder or yeah. whatever. But, you know, they, they wanted to, that was their thing. And they wanted to go do sloths. And they, um... They allowed them to go in, and I don't know if they if they charged them. I don't I don't think I don't know if they did or not. Um, I, but uh, basically, I think the only thing they had to pay for was the security because they before they could go in, mm -hmm. Sloss had their security company come out, which there was I think it was Wacken Hut at the time that they were using, mm -hmm. which those are one of the few like armed guards that we have uh, here. They usually do like, if the cops aren't doing the bank security, then Wack and Hut's doing it because they, they are armed. They had them go through and um, clear every building. Then they went out and they cleared the back because of the fact that they could not allow them to come in and be in any area alone without making sure that there was nobody in there. Yeah. Because it is so big. And that's another thing, too. You know, there's no power in there, so you have to have, you know, you have to have flashlights. You know, you can't see anything. I mean, um, and when you have these little rinky-dink, you know, you know, these paranormal groups come through, they don't have... You know, night vision and all that kind of stuff. They're just coming there with a flashlight, and like I said, and a, you know, audio mm -hmm. recorder. And uh, <coughs> so they had, so Wacken had to go in and like clear all the buildings. And um, there's been several times that they have found people living, like squatting in these buildings yeah. and stuff. And the dangerous part about it is, is like these, like. They keep them up to the best of their ability, but you're talking about, you know, machinery that is, you know, over 100 years old Yeah. in some places. I mean, stuff was, I think the last time that they did any actual work on it was in the 20s. Mm -hmm. It may have been like, maybe they may have, you know, done some stuff in the 50s. Yeah. But nothing's been, like, majorly replaced since then. Yeah. I mean, so, you're talking, I mean, at best, you know, shit's 70, you know, 60, 70 years yeah. old. And, you know, it's been left to the elements. There's not, like, I mean, they sandblasted a lot of rust off the mm -hmm. shit, but that's, that in and of itself can take and, you know, fuck up shit. So. Well, there's one of the buildings, and... You know, if if it don't rain in October, you don't want to go down to this part, but it's in one of the buildings, but you can see the stairs leading down. If it rains a lot in October, if it's raining in September, if it's been raining, it floods. I mean, literally, I don't know how deep it is, but you can literally look, and you can see the first few stairs. Yeah. And then it's just water. Yeah. You know, it's, like I said, it is an old industrial site and I'm not and I'm going to say this I'm not showing this up showing this up a ghost this is just how it is you sp you work at the haunt you're going to bleed yeah that's just it's going to happen 
That's how it is. And I, I'm not saying, oh, that's a ghost. I'm just saying that is the building. Did they make y'all get tetanus shots? No. Because when the people came who were working Pride, because, you know, I had two of my friends that they were on like, the Pride committee and whatever. Mm-hmm. And if when they when they set up Pride and then Pride was basically just right there at the visitor center, you know, it's all nice and pretty and stuff and then at the um concert venue. But they would have stuff that's like, you know, other yeah. buildings and stuff, you know. And uh but they um for you know, for security purposes and stuff, they told them that they needed to have techno shots. They never told us that. Well, I don't know if, like, I mean, they might, like, I don't know if they, like, made them get them. Mm-hmm. It could have just been, like, the company that was doing Pride made mm-hmm. the people get them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, still, you uh, that much rust, mm-hmm. and people got hurt, like you said, all the time. Something was constantly falling off. You know, people would fall and fall into something. I mean, it was just, you know, yeah. there was a drag show there one year, and... This drag queen got like super into it, and you know how that stage is not that big. Yeah. Okay. And they told them that when they did their numbers and stuff, when they would do their their thing, that they had to do I think um, <clears throat> they had to do a four count instead of an eight count mm-hmm. because if you mess if you messed up and you took like and you actually did, you accidentally took ten steps, you yeah. were falling off. Yeah. And um, I, it was it was funny, but it was sad mm-hmm. because you know how like even though the stage isn't that big, it's a big drop down it because you know how it slopes down. Yeah. Yeah. She or he who whatever fell off and landed mm-hmm. on the thing the mm-hmm. and like hit her face on that and like rolled down and like hit the concrete and it was it got back up though and kept. Yeah. Swinging her hair and shit. She was on it. Um. I will, but, uh, say, I will say this. You know, while I said I've never had an encounter, mm-hmm. something I've always noticed, it doesn't matter how hot it is, and I've been out there in the summertime, that blowing engine room is always cool. Well, it's not so dark and dank in there, though. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I was just find that interesting that as hot as that place can get, you know, I know I've been there every time I've ever been there was in the summertime because yeah. Pride and you know concerts <coughs> were held there in the summertime yeah. and I mean it was hot it was hot AF I mean like they had those industrial fans blowing mm-hmm. and my me I've been sitting there in front of them like this like Jesus yeah and they had the mist and tents and shit mm-hmm. but I mean uh now I know I don't where the area where the drag queens got ready mm-hmm. there was one that was like cause you know pride they've got like the week of pride there's like drag shows all the way until you get to that weekend yeah. and then they do like the, they crown the, dra- the drag Birmingham's like drag mm-hmm. queen on like Saturday or Sunday and um so like all week they've been doing this and so it was time to the the one that they were going to crown that year um 
had to do their makeup in the car. Oh, wow. Because they said they were so creeped out. They didn't want to go wow. in there. I don't know where they had them doing their makeup yeah. at because I wasn't back there. But I wonder, just considering the music and the atmosphere, um, I saw Danzig there years ago, and Danzig is very theatrically satanic. Yeah. Um, I remember they had, uh, when he came out, they did some banners that had pentagrams on them and stuff. Yeah. I wonder if that kicked anything up that night. I don't think... See, I'm of the opinion that that kind of shit... Like, there has to be intent. Like, I've always... Like, I mean... Everything that, like, I have... Mm-hmm. Ever read or... You know, been a part of... There's always... Like, there's intent. And when, you know... When it's just theatrical... Yeah. You know, like there's Slayer, no... Yeah, there's... There's no intent yeah. behind it. So, it's not like you're out there and you're like actually trying to call forth something yeah. you know like there's there's no intent behind it okay. so it's it's not like i think it's just honestly i mean i know like what tracy said about somebody you know helped him to the car but everything else that i've ever heard about there it's almost like residual energy yeah and I am of the belief, like, the scientific thing, you know, where, like, energy doesn't go away. Yeah. And just, like, immerses. And when you have a place that had that much happen in it and was, was had a lot of kinetic energy, I mean, there was a lot going on there. Yeah. I think that that, like, imprints, like, itself on a place. And I know, like, when I first started working at Sloan's Fright Furnace, it was a very anarchist, anarchy kind of atmosphere. You know, kind of anything went as far as getting a scare and stuff. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot. There was a lot of like satanic imagery. People used it. You know, yeah. like pentagrams, six six six, upside down crosses. Uh, that's why all the churches hated it. And I mean, they've they really, really, really cracked down on that. Well, in the years they cracked down on it because of the fact that like so many like oh, uh, we're in the Bible Belt, people. So, I mean, um. When Rob Zombie came, that our Fox Six on your side did a whole thing about how he was satanic, mm-hmm. and um, people didn't need to let their kids go to the concert, and like there was boycotts. And yeah, it was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. But I mean, it's in my top list of top tens. But anyway, um, like, uh. They cracked down on all that. They've cracked down on that pretty much at all of them. Yeah. Just because of the fact of, like, it's Alabama. I just remember the first year we were there, I got us in a little bit of trouble. We were doing one of the last shows of the night. It was late, and it was a Sunday night. And uh, Rock was doing a thing where he puts a tube up his nose and pulls it out of his mouth called Middle Falls. And he was having a hard time, and I had the mic, and I was like, oh, come on, take it, you little bitch. And I got in trouble for saying bitch on stage. Yeah. Some uh, some church group complained. And I always thought it was funny when church groups went to a haunted house and complained about stuff. Come on, it's a haunted house. You're not going there to eat celery sticks and talk about Jesus. Well, I mean, like, I don't understand why, like, church groups are going to haunted houses anyway. Because, I mean, all the ones that, when I was growing up, they all had their judgment houses. Yeah. And let me tell you, those are the gayest. I've been to several of those. Oh my god. <laughs> Look, I went to one one time, and one of the scenes, you know, it was homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And 
they literally like had these two guys like their their idea of homosexuality was two guys holding hands. There was and one. me and a friend of mine were like, if they don't start tonguing each other soon, this is yeah. just this isn't worth it. I mean, <laughs> there was one. I was not there, but I know some people who were there. It literally, you know, they'll usually at the judgment houses, they'll usually do a representation of hell. Mm-hmm. And it's usually some guy in a Satan mask screaming at you like a death metal vocalist. Yeah. But this one, they went into this room. It was dark. There was an old lady sitting there, and she had a space heater, and she turned it on and let you get hot. That was it. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> like... I mean, they said they fully expected her to pull out a cigarette and be like, all right, y'all, this is hell. Click. That would be hell for me. <laughs> I mean, shit. And the me one with a space heater? God. And, okay, the church I used to go to did a judgment house for a couple years, and I always thought this was funny. Um, we did one thing. I they, had, uh, they needed an extra person, and I'd actually helped write the script for it. And I was like, yeah, I can take a group through. And I was taking some a group through, and I said, okay, next stop is hell. And this little black kid stops, he pauses, and he goes, no. <laughs> His mom goes, what? He goes, no. I, and I mean, he's super, I mean, he's very articulate, very, I am not going to hell. <laughs> and stepped out of line, and everybody said, dude, and I'm like, dude, it's a play, it's, it's not real, we're not really going to hell. <laughs> we're going upstairs to a Sunday school room, you know? <laughs> and he was like, I'm not going to hell. And I said, okay, you know, we'll, you can wait out here. I'll pick you, we'll pick, we'll pick you back up in a minute, you know? <laughs> you were also a really jolly angel in the Christmas play. Easter. Oh. Yeah. It was Easter. Mm-hmm. Weren't you the angel that, like, rolled back the stone or something? Yes, and all I remember is people... I'd posted something on Facebook and people were talking about it. And this is my dad commented, always remember, Lucifer was an angel too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> and what's so funny is while I was waiting for my, play, my part, I was bored. I was sitting there listening to my iPods and I was like, what are you listening to? I was like, Metallica. <laughs> I was listening to Creeping Death. <laughs> What? Just, Which that's a song about the plagues of Israel. I'm just shaking my head. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, the whole thing like I don't know if Sloss is haunted. Um, that like I said, that's one of the few places that's supposedly supposed to have been haunted that I've been to that I personally have not experienced anything there. Mm-hmm. Um. Which I'm not saying that everywhere I go yeah. is going to be a ghost. I'm just saying, like, for some reason, it, I, something fucked up always happens to me. But I have not, never, in any of the times that I have been there, have I ever experienced anything. Well, one thing I always thought was funny is the security company always had trouble with their radios. <gasps> yeah. And there were certain parts like, we can't pick each other up. And I was like, looked at them and said, you realize how much metal is around here? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I said, I, I honestly, I believe if anything's there, like I don't buy into the, I don't know, I don't, I guess because like I said, I haven't really seen anything that makes me think there's anything intelligent there or demonic or anything like that, 
it seems like everything that people catch is just a repeat. Yeah. You know, um, yes, they've heard people scream, but that happened there. You know, um, there's a lot of people who have, like, felt like crazy emotions there. And, like, but I just feel like when you've got that kind of energy somewhere, you know, shit's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I mean, is it cool that it's considered one of the, you know, most haunted places in Alabama? Sure. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was, you know, it was right in my backyard. I mean, but, <clears throat> you know, there's other places in Alabama that I, I think we're going to try and cover this month that are haunted. And there's actual physical proof. And one of them is the face in the window yeah. of the courthouse. I had a buddy whose grandfather was the mayor in that town. Um, I'm going to look it up so that way we can make sure that we've got like the entire story. But it's actually like really fucking cool. Like there's like you can actually go there and you can actually still. It's like every time they change this window, it shows up. Yeah. I mean, even now with like the new windows that we have now that aren't the lead windows, you still. You can go there and you can see this face in the window. And, um, it's fucking crazy. It's yeah. creepy as shit. Um, then there's also Huntington College, mm -hmm. which I had a friend of mine go there. And I, like, if you ever, I don't know if any of y'all ever heard of, like, 13 Ghosts. For, was it, was it called? Jeffrey, 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 yeah. Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey the 13 Ghosts. Um, <clears throat> they did one, like, they had, like, different states. And the Hamlet's Alabama. And, um, you just tore up my chair. But anyway, um, they, uh, Huntington was in, there's a lot of different, you know, stories that are in that book. And me growing up reading that, because I was always obsessed with ghost stories and, like, true crime and shit like that. So that was one of, like, the first books I ever checked out yeah. in, like, the school library. And, um, I didn't believe all of it, though, you know? And my best friend's sister went to Huntington and of course we went up there while she was playing softball and I don't I think yeah Huntington's co-ed now it's not all an all-girls school anymore but um anyway we used to go up there you know and spend weekends and stuff and um that's where I went to the crosses at that's how I went to the crosses with they okay. You know, my friend's sister, she was really into, like, creepy shit. And that's one of the things I loved about her. And, um, she told me some stuff about Huntington that I want to talk about. Okay. When we do Huntington, we can also we can double bill at Lamont Vallow because it's supposed to be really haunted. Yeah. There. Yeah, you went to Lamont Vallow. Yeah, and I had some weird shit happen there. Well, you had weird shit happen in your apartment. Yeah. So, but, uh. Well, the whole town was supposed yeah. to be. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think we've covered everything I think we can cover yeah. on Sloss. So, to sum it up, slag isn't real, mm -hmm. Scooby Douche, we can absolutely prove he faked that one. Um, you know, and I still stand by the fact that it made me so mad, so fucking mad when he was like, we caught slag on 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 you know on audio and mm -hmm. he even says his name blah, 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 blah. 
if they heard the word slag, it's because yeah. they were talking about the fucking trash that they pull off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it had nothing to do with, you know, some fucking creepy foreman. Absolutely yeah. not. All right, so we did a question of the week. It was a question of the week. What is your definition of evil or example of evil? We've got a couple answers. Uh, Lars Christian Delphison, I hope I'm saying your name right, bud. You said greed. I can agree with that. And uh, Ryan Sorton has said any politician would be an example of evil. I don't know. I mean, I get what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and I've said this before, I think that politicians start out with good intentions. Yeah. But I don't think that you can be a, a true politician and it not corrupt you. You know, yeah. because you can't, you can't govern for everybody, you know. That's why they have like special interest and all that kind of shit is because of the fact that like one thing's not good for everybody. Exactly. So there's got to be, you know, there's got to be some give and take and in the process of this, you know, you start to lose who you are. And it starts to corrupt you to where, you know, you're basically doing things for your betterment, not for everybody else's. So I can agree with him on that. Greed, <clears throat> I think greed's a sin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's necessarily evil. I mean, because I know there's people who are greedy who really, I mean, they wouldn't hurt anybody, but they're greedy as fuck. I would say, like, an, I guess an example of evil to me, and I mean, this is cliched, but it's something I always think about when somebody says they don't believe in evil or something. Nazis. Child molesters. Yeah, definitely child molesters. I mean... And don't give me a shit, it's a sickness, whatever. Fuck you. Yeah, for real. Let me tell you something. You cannot fuck a child. How about that? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Um. But <clears throat> anyway. Yeah. Um. Let's see. I think that's it. You got a question? Yeah. What's a haunted location in your town? Yeah, we don't have to cover everywhere. Like you know, let's yeah. about we don't have to cover just Alabama. We'd actually like to hear. You know, like y'all give us some places to look into, and um, let it. You know, we'll look into it and see what we can find out about it, and you know, discover some shit. So, um, yeah, let us know some places in your area that are haunted, and uh, we will catch you next time. Later.